Welcome to another Caring Support Podcast. Really looking forward to this today. Uh, we have an amazing guest, an absolutely awesome guest today. She has 25 plus years of experience training, coaching, and leading teams. And from her senior leadership role, she founded her boutique firm, Greatness Magnified. Proclaimed as the frog lady, she can be found freaking out perfect strangers in a good way <laughs> by handing out squishy frogs and asking them, have you been frogged lately? And then acknowledging their greatness. Please welcome Sarah McVanell. Oh, thank you, James. Thank you, Callie, for having me. Let's let's talk about how we can love up our care professional. Super excited for this. All right, well, let's jump right in. Can you tell us about you and your journey to becoming who you are today? Well, my journey to you today is that I worked in healthcare almost my whole career. And um, to be able to spend every single day helping the care providers to care for each other, I mean, it, it truly has been one of the greatest joys of my life. And it was quite by accident. I uh, trained as an adult educator in uh, while I was doing my uh, my master's, um, thinking I was going to be a therapist. But you know what? My scrumptious job early on in my career that I completely fell into by accident was working in a in a hospital and doing team consultations for the providers to help them to really recognize support and build each other up. And you know what? It was it was a magical experience to be able to help the caregivers to provide, you know, to try to ward off burnout and compassion fatigue and to to be able to perform as the amazing integrated team that they are. Wow. Well, I love that. As you know, uh, caring support, we're trying to do something different too, but a lot of it comes to the fact that we're seeing how people aren't acknowledged or recognized a lot of times. So it's so key to that. But yeah, Mm. thanks for sharing that. I love it. My my pleasure. My pleasure. And I I learned everything that I know about recognition as a frog lady comes from working with the people who know how to provide appreciation and support and encouragement to the people under their care. So I I attribute my what I do in my career now because I got a chance to see it in action from the the people who work in in you know caregiving roles. Absolutely. I couldn't agree more. Yeah. You have a pretty long and impressive educational list as uh, just uh, hopefully just to name a few here, but a certified senior organizational development professional, a professional certified coach, a certified human resources leader. You have a BA in psychology, um, a master's in family relations and a diploma in human resources and healthcare administration. Now I need to take a deep breath. Uh, so what made you want to pursue that? And can you tell us a little bit more about how all of that led to greatness magnified? Mm. Well, um, because I, I had the incredible experience of being able to work in the healthcare sector, what's so great about healthcare is there's, it's such, there's so many opportunities for you to build your career and you get a chance to try different things. I mean, we know as a, as a field, that the only way we bring new drugs to market, we create new 
um, centers of excellence is we have to try something, try something different and bold and that's so needed. And the neat thing is a lot of people don't realize behind the scenes is we're doing that all the time in human resources and organizational development and continuous improvement departments, quality, patient safety. So that was my journey to, to those designations was actually getting a chance to try new things learn, grow. And then I went, well, I should probably find out why this is working. And then I would go to school afterwards and get a designation or a certification, A, right. to shore up my evidence-based practice and knowledge in that area. But also I was always curious, how, why did it work so well? Um, and when you're in an evidence-based sector like healthcare, to earn the right to be with all of these smart, brilliant, well-educated people, I also kind of felt like I needed to put some skin in the game myself. Oh, wow. But actually, it's yeah. not really that long compared to what healthcare professionals do all the time to stay relevant. Yeah, absolutely. Sarah, that's great. I mean, it's one thing to have this long list that Callie, you know, was was laying out for us so nicely. But the fact that you applied this in a really beautiful way to really mm -hmm. have people get recognized for all the things that they do, you know, we know healthcare has its challenges. We know that the processes and different things are a huge problem, but there are so many incredible people working mm -hmm. in healthcare every day, just doing the best that they can and working with what they've got. So yeah, good on you to do that. Mm, thank you. Thank you. What are some of the struggles that you would say nurses are facing when it comes to longevity with the companies that they work for? Mm-hmm. It's really, it's the challenges that we've seen well before COVID. Um, they give so much of themselves to the work, to their, um, you know, their organizations, and they don't have the option to call in sick. They don't have the option to refuse unsafe work. They don't have the option to just say, you know what, this is a lot of emotional load for me. I think I'm just going to do something a little bit lower key and easier. And they certainly can't say, I would actually prefer my work to be hybrid. <laughs> so we, we have always seen burnout, compassion fatigue, and also injuries to be higher among our providers. A little known fact that not even everybody in the healthcare industry knows is that People who work shifts, particularly in a field like this, their lifespan is shortened by five years. So it's it, that issue and the musculoskeletal injuries that are aligned with people who physically do the lifting and work with their bodies for their whole career, it's very high. So we saw that well before COVID. And then we add the emotional trauma that happens by witnessing for a protracted period of time the biggest healthcare crisis of our lifetime, the biggest, um, not just our, of our healthcare system. We talk a little bit about the healthcare system, but this is, this is a living, breathing crisis that people saw every single day and didn't necessarily have the personal protective equipment and didn't necessarily need, didn't have the, the um, number of trained staff that could be redeployed to those areas. And also our families weren't prepared to give up um, all of us to be able to work the front lines as well. So, you know, I, I think that everything that we know is challenging about the work of dedicating yourself to a life of being a provider was harder. And now we see people leaving the field, the industry, 
sooner before ever, ever before. And we're at deep, deep risk of losing people who choose to do nursing, social work, um, respiratory therapists, be a physician for life. Um, we see this across all careers that people don't necessarily choose a career for their lifetime. It's not just a crisis of people leaving organizations. What we're seeing right now is people opting out of the healthcare profession as a whole. Yeah. Talk about a downer. Are you sure you wanted a downer <laughs> on your podcast? I was like, wow, that was that was a bit deflating. Like, wow, bummer. <laughs> uh, you know what? That that's just a reality. Uh, that's, mm -hmm. that's the way it is. And yeah, it's interesting you say this because you know not only are we losing people to a retirement, but you know. Mm -hmm. um, I'm, I've been reaching out to a lot of people that I already know or worked with in the past as far as, you know, in our various capacities with caring support and asking about being involved in podcasts with nursing at, at Nurses Week. And I, I created like a poll and just said, here's some items that we would potentially look at talking about because they matter. But, mm -hmm. you know, and then I left it open as well. But did you know the majority of them came back with saying they wanted to talk about the side hustles and the entrepreneurship they're working on? Ah, yes. And, right. And you're like, mm. hey, all huge respect. I mean, we built this business. Um, you know, it takes a lot of work to run a business. You know this, Sarah, first firsthand. Yes. Um, mm -hmm. A lot of slugging, a lot of grinding. But, you know, what does it say about healthcare when you have a large percentage of people coming back? And I'm talking about some high level people who are, mm -hmm. you know, just tired of what's going on and everything like you talked about. And, you know, it's not a negative thing. I think it's reality. We have to deal with it and we have mm -hmm. to realize how do we get people to come back to this industry to believe mm -hmm. in it and to to influence new up and coming nurses to uh, to love this rather than to look for, you know, revenue and sources of income from other areas. Mm -hmm. Right. Well, and, and I think that what might be very helpful is setting a bit of context to normalize that experience overall. So we are experiencing some massive macro trends, not just micro in our sector. We're seeing macro trends as a, a workforce and as a society that is impacting this. And yeah. um, we're in the business of earning staff, not hiring them anymore. And one of the reasons is exactly what you talk about, is this macro trend around side hustles. 50% of Canadians have some form of a side hustle. That may be that you, uh, you, you have an Etsy store because, hey, anybody in the space of half an hour can have an online store. It could be that you're an influencer on Instagram, and it could be that you you're building a little business that you plan to do when you yeah. to ease into retirement. Because the, the uh, normalization of small businesses and the desire, the desire of having an, an, another option, because we did not, a lot of our nurses that originally planned to have a career in nursing for life, and I know not, it's not just nurses who listen to your podcast, however, we, we do want to acknowledge that they are the largest portion of our, of our healthcare workforce. Um, Remember the 90s, we had no loyalty to our nurses. They were graduating from our nursing schools without a job and they had to go to another country, delaying yep. being able to buy your house or start your family and maybe even be able to, to um, practice the, the type of nursing that they wanted to do. So we immediately had this whole cohort of people that we thought would be lifetime nurses that we weren't loyal to at the beginning of their career. And now we have some of these macro trends like 
side hustles and like right. uh, turnover. People aren't afraid to not just leave their organization for another one. They're not afraid to leave the field as a whole. So we are a product of our formative years. This is not millennials being flippant or people just wanting to opt out and retire early and people are lazy or whatever, you know, all those sort of negative things that we may say. This is, this is a, a very real human experience that we are constantly in seek of meaning and purpose. And we, you can't get through the big, web, no matter what your role is, you can't go through the biggest healthcare crisis of your lifetime without having a meeting with yourself and realizing I get one life I'm lucky enough to still be on the other side of this crisis. What do I want to do with the rest of my time? Who would I want to spend it with? Where do I want to live? What do I want my lifestyle? What do I want my physical mental health to look like? And so by rather than resisting this and, and seeing this as, um, you know, our, our work, we're competing with our workforce to be able to keep them rather it's like, how do we enable this? How do right. I, how do we have a little, you know, a little grant where you can nominate a peer that has this cool side hustle, as long as it's related to healthcare, serving people, helping the community, nominate somebody to have that seed money, like make it transparent and a source of shared celebration. Because if you have an ingenious, inventive, curious, um, you know, rising social entrepreneur in your workforce, acknowledge and honor them for as long as you have them. And give them a reason to stay in your work in the organization, yep. Yep. even if it ends up being part time. Keep them as long as you've got them, because they're probably going to bring that entrepreneurial spirit to your organization. And let's face it, a lot of healthcare organizations need more entrepreneurial spirit because we're kind of mired in legacy and we don't do change very well. No. <laughs> so no. how can that we embrace was, that? That was amazingly well said. Uh, and that, Thank you. and yeah, and that touches <laughs> on what we were talking about earlier about that big disconnect between how the organizations are acting post COVID, where it's like business as usual. And meantime, mm -hmm. you know, frontline healthcare workers, and this all started way before the pandemic. You're right. Like yes. nurses didn't get much of a, a voice. They weren't really acknowledged. They, they, you know, whatever way you want to express that. So I want to be mindful of the time. Callie, please ask, ask the questions. <laughs> So at the beginning of the episode, James talked about how you're the frog lady. So maybe you can tell us a little bit about what is frog and mm -hmm. how is it helping healthcare organizations and nurses with what we are experiencing right now in the workplace? Well, frog was birthed from healthcare. <laughs> so I'm super excited to share with you what frog's about. So frog stands for forever recognize others greatness. And our teams were doing some work with um, a, a group of nurses who were experiencing deep strain in their interpersonal dynamics. There was turnover, there was a lack of collaboration, and the team's behaviors were, were reflecting more of a toxicity as opposed to the spirit of collaboration and the, the award-winning service and quality that they they had been known for they were a very very well recognized and well regarded team however the behaviors that were happening on a day-to-day -day basis were not reflective of this high performing team and we all know people are doing the best they can they're they're fantastic professionals it was what's going what's been happening that to create these very talented professionals who have so much to contribute to be turning on each other 
And what we learned very quickly is that not only were they not recognizing each other, they also, when we asked them, okay, so in our first meeting with them, what, what do you want to acknowledge about yourself? Like, tell us, introduce yourself to us. These, we're external people. We don't know all of you. We can't wait to get to know you and work with you. Tell us about yourself. What's your name? How long have you been in this department? And what's your greatness? And you can probably imagine what happened. Do you think anybody spoke up when we're like talking over each other to, no, you're right, Callie. You're shaking your, you're shaking your head. No, they, they, you're like, no, I, they didn't see themselves as having any greatness. And we went, okay, well, this is a kind of an awkward way to start. We turned to the matriarch <laughs> of the group, the one who had mentored everybody around the room, who was always paired up with students, who was, who was such an incredible contributor. And we asked her, could you please share with the group what your greatness is? And she said, no, I can't. And we thought, oh man, this is going, this is going from bad to worse. And she said, because I don't have any. And at first everyone was really surprised. And then they all started to nod their head because if you can't see the greatness within yourself, how do you recognize it? How do you, for one thing, notice it in, and then to be able to find the words to articulate it. So that's where we started. And over the course of a couple of years, this group built strength. They hardwired in self-recognition and recognition of each other. And at the end of this really important piece of, of teamwork, uh, te and I mean like not teamwork as in one word, work as a team, we asked them, healthcare loves acronyms, what is an acronym we could come up with to to remember anytime you want to come back to this point of, of the work that you've done as a team. And somebody said, frog, forever recognize others' greatness. And everyone loved it. They literally went out and started buying frog stuff, plushed animals, <laughs> frog motivational posters. Now, as a little side note, these are labor and delivery folks. And I can only imagine being a laboring mom coming in there, like huffing and popping, looking around at all this frog paraphernalia, thinking this baby better not come, come out amphibian because this is like, this is way too, this way too big a deal that, you know, have a, I'm sure it's not a frog in there. But I mean, in all, all seriousness, they, they were doing this also with their, the family members who were there with the moms, with the moms. So it became a spirit of being. So recognition, the birth of frog, literally the birthplace of frog was with a group of talented, passionate, providers who were able to turn around a toxic culture to get back to a place of the greatness that already existed that was very well hidden behind some behaviors that weren't helpful. And that's why our team would always say a complaint is merely a poorly worded request. The, 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 the criticism, the, the um, pointing out what wasn't working is a way of, of them expressing what was so important, it was, it was worth fighting for. It just happened to be coming across in a very unresourceful, negative way. So I want to encourage anybody who's, who's listening to that story to not just focus on that recognition is helpful. It's also to be curious about where unhelpful behaviors are happening. What, how might that be a sign that somebody's not toxic or a complainer, like insert label, negative label here. Actually, what they're doing is they're expressing a basic human need. So if we acknowledge that, we can actually move from that as opposed to, you know, putting ourselves against other groups, people, other departments, and so forth. Wow. I love that. Mm -hmm. I could listen to this all day long, sir. I, <laughs> yeah, it is, this, this, this aligns with, uh, you know, my values and many people on our team. We, um, 
you know, you have to see the greatness in others, but yourself first. This is all a big thing of emotional intelligence. It's really understanding yeah. who you are, what you're about, what your why is. I love that part, though, about, you know, whatever. I always tell people, one of my favorite quotes is, the most amazing people in this world are the ones that see the beauty in others. And then the next question I ask them is this, do you tell them? Yes. And then they're like, uh, right, why not? Yes. Don't let their greatness why. be the best kept secret, including right. from them. Right. And it's because of that fear of vulnerability and stuff like that. And, you know, because, for instance, if I do an introduction and then people come back and they say, oh, my God, that person was so amazing. It was great. Yeah, dude, you're preaching to the choir. I already know that. That's why I introduced mm -hmm. you. Did, the yes. question is, did you tell them? And mm -hmm. they're like, maybe you should. Maybe they need to hear it. Maybe, yeah. maybe, you know, they're they're just holding on and they're doing their thing and you think that's totally fine, but it, they could be going through some tough times and maybe just that very mm -hmm. acknowledgement of the fact that, you know, another thing I think is really important is when people lead with help me understand, mm -hmm. because it's important that you're like, well, maybe I'm missing something, but at the same time, you're, you're, you're saying it in such a way that people don't get their back up, you know? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. and your your point around it may be the thing that people need most that they need to hear that right now. So if you're worried from the point around vulnerability, if you're worried about will it be received, am I comfortable delivering it? Just know that the first of all the intention's enough, and also it may be the most important thing that somebody's going to hear that yeah. day, that week, that month. And so is it worth the risk? And once we filter it through. Not so much is it going to be, you know, a hit to my ego or what if, what if. Instead, it's like, what, uh, what is the, the potential benefit? And given that we're all facing, every one of us is facing burnout. And then, of course, we just tenfold that for healthcare. Can we afford not to make sure that that person knows what an impact that they've made to you in that moment? I think yeah. just asking that question would mean that people would frog each other a lot more. Well, I think a lot of times it's the same thing with public speaking. And a lot of people, they're always caught up with these internal fears about mm -hmm. how will I be perceived? Do I, am I stumbling? Do mm -hmm. I look sound like a fool? Whatever those different things. And I tell people, I want you to focus outward for a minute and ask yourself this one question. What if you had the opportunity to inspire even one person in the audience yes. tonight? Would it be worth yes. it? And, yeah. you know, and people are like, yeah, I said, when you really feel it, whether you were paid to do this talk or not or whatever it is. When they come up and say, thank you, Sarah, you really inspired me. Tell me how mm -hmm. that would make you feel. Mm -hmm. Right? Well, fan fantastic. I, That's the only yeah. way you can keep being to get up and do it again is if you yeah. know it had an impact. So it's very obvious when you think of it from a, from a, a, um, I love your, your example of the speaking component, because that's a fairly brave thing to get up there in front of a, yeah. front, of, <laughs> in front of a bunch of perfect strangers who may or may not have tomatoes in their bag. Um, most of the time they generally <laughs> don't, I'm sure, unless you're at a tomato convention. Um, but, you know, this is the same thing in the provider world, in the healthcare world, is um, it's brave some days for people to come into work because they're dealing with very distressing things at home. It's yep. brave for a new staff member to start and work with all of these very experienced people. It's brave for somebody to go from one department to another department to, to, you know, have to start new. It feels like new again. And it's certainly difficult for some departments to feel valued compared to others. There is a, a pecking order, so to speak, or a hierarchy, not yeah. just from a role standpoint in, in a big hospital. Medical devices reprocessing, people can't 
cannot run a single procedure without them. And yet they're often in the basement, windowless, working hours and hours on their feet. And the only time that phone rings is usually when that one piece of equipment out of 150 things in that yeah. set is missing. So yeah. it's not that we shouldn't hold people accountable. It's actually people are more wanting to be held accountable and are better able to do their job when we tell them what's working right as often as possible and taking that short moment to do that as opposed to only the phone ringing when something's not working. So 100%. Yeah. I know we're like out of time and I'm so sad because I want to keep talking. W can I already boldly request that we come back and we do a second podcast episode so we can talk even more about how to leverage recognition in our healthcare environments? Will you have yes. Yes. <laughs> full full yes. yes. Yeah, we, we definitely yeah. need to continue this conversation and we're very excited to have you come back again. So uh, thank you. Yeah. Thank, thank you, my friends, for having me on this podcast. And thank you for gifting this to our incredible nursing and uh, allied health communities in healthcare. Yes. Thank you for being here today. And we will talk again next time. Sounds Thanks, good. Sarah. Thanks, everybody. Take care. Bye. Bye.